Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. It's 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, The stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a a stone of stumbling, listen to it, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word. Boy, that's powerful. There's some words that are preached that you stumble over instead of step on. I'm going to give you something to work with today. Being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you, I dare you to shout as loud as you can, but me, but me. Now point at your neighbor and tell him, but you are a chosen generation. But you are a royal priesthood. But you are a holy nation. But you are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. In time past, you were not a people, but now. Tell your neighbor, but you... But now, but now, you are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have, but now have obtained mercy. The Message Bible reads verse 9 on this wise, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priest, a holy nation. Listen to it. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. I'm going to preach this morning a message entitled, No Ordinary People. Say that to four people around you, no ordinary, no ordinary people. Now, before you sit down, let me work on you just for a moment. If you came here for ordinary church, you're probably going to miss something big today. If you came here for the usual, you're going to probably miss an unusual thing that God is wanting to do in your life. If you came here for the mundane, you're going to miss the majesty that God is about to be revealing in his house and his people today. Shout it one more time, no ordinary people. Lord, bless these people. Have your way today. Help the preacher to preach things he did not study to say. And help the people to hear things that I do not say. But whatever you do, do the work of your ministry. Break generational curses. Break generational curses. 
break generational curses, every cycle that is in people that pull them downward, break it today. Break every generational curse. Dismiss every generational spirit and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. One more time, if you want him to do something big in your life, give him one more big praise today. Lord, we love you. All right, touch your neighbor one more time and tell him, let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. And then you can, be, you can be seated. Ordinary bothers me. Um, there's a fight in the earth today um, against extraordinary. There is a battle raging against extraordinary. There's a huge vote in the earth that says, keep everything ordinary. Keep everything business as usual. What is ordinary? It means commonly encountered. It's defined as the usual, the usual, of no exceptional ability no exceptional degree, no exceptional quality. Ordinary, I'm, I've come to attack ordinary. I've come to get after ordinary today. Ordinary could be defined as average, just average. You, you've heard that before. Just keep everything average. If we can just make average, we're good. When I think of ordinary in realms of color, I do not see a vibrant hue. I see beige, tan, neutral. Ordinary seems to settle somewhere in the arena of commonplace. Lord, help us have a Pentecost service today. There wasn't anything ordinary about the day of Pentecost. There wasn't anything ordinary about the power released on Pentecost. To me, ordinary walks very close, if not arm in arm with mediocrity. Very close, first cousins to mediocrity. When I was praying about it this morning, I wrote these words down. It takes work to try to make something ordinary that was created in the image of God. It takes work to keep something ordinary or to make something ordinary that was created in the image of God. I've been watching a documentary on TV the last few nights. Giovanna's been tickled at me because I've been captivated by Arnold. Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to pump you up. (laughs) 
And I look at this guy, Arnold. This man, if the American dream has ever worked for anybody, it worked for Arnold. I'm not sure if it worked for him or he worked it. But Arnold lived or is living his life by two words. And he says it over and over in this documentary. Move forward. Move forward. He said his dad taught him when he was a child. Always be useful. Always Remain in a position to be used. Always be useful. Never be exempt. Never be absent from a place of being useful. Man, I feel God here right now talking about Arnold. So he wins Mr. Universe. Not once, but many times. Then he wins Mr. Olympia. Then he retires because he gets tired of winning. So they asked him, well, what do you want to do next? And he said, I'm going to move forward. And they said, what do you want to be? He said, a star. And they said, oh, you want to be an actor. He said, no, an actor participates in the movie. I'm going to be the leading man. Arnold. And he said, I'm moving forward. That's right. Then he makes all these movies, and you know all those movies, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Terminator. Give me a few more. Conan. No, that was Sylvester Stallone. That wasn't somebody else. Somebody's Cream Rocky. You're close, but not quite. And then... He says, I'm going to move forward. And he runs for governor of California. And he wins. What stands out to me about Arnold is that Arnold never settled for average. We move from ordinary to extraordinary when we move forward. See, moving forward means you have to get out of neutral. Moving forward says I'm going to engage and I'm going to get out of park. Move forward. Ordinary will never put a demand or drive toward extremes. I'm going to say it again. Ordinary will never put a demand or a drive toward extremes. As a matter of fact, people who are determined to remain ordinary will often resist extremes. As a matter of fact, people who enjoy ordinary resist change. Change, real change, is oftentimes uncomfortable. Ordinary will never pursue excellence. 
ordinary says maintain. But extraordinary screams push it to the extreme. Yeah. Extreme is a scary word. It has to do with the extremity. Right? It comes from the word exterior. Going to an exaggerated length. Extreme or extraordinary has to do with exceeding the ordinary or pushing beyond what is usual. See, I believe God is about to build a church in the earth that's not settled with just normal, usual church. I believe there's an anointed people coming up in the earth that's about to push the limit. I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Why wouldn't you? My question is, why wouldn't we be extraordinary? Why wouldn't we pursue excellence? Why wouldn't we push it to the extreme? Why wouldn't we exceed every expectation we've ever set in our entire life as a church of believers? Why wouldn't we? God, the God we serve. Listen to what Paul said about it. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think exceeding abundantly above nothing about that says average. Nothing about the God you serve says remain usual except the average. Just be ordinary. Nothing about God says that. Can I preach the text now? Woo, I worked so hard on that introduction this morning. But when I got to the text, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Huh. I want to talk to you for a few moments about this subject called the difference. Say those words, the difference. I believe we must, as the people of God, arrive to the place of maturity that allows an appreciation for difference. Don't miss what I'm saying. We must arrive at a place of maturity that allows us the appreciation for contrast. But you are. You were this. Everything listed in verse 7 and 8. But now you are. Say it, contrast. There's a difference. You used to be 
this. But now you are this. There should be a noticeable difference in what you used to be. I'm going to get some preachers to help me here. I know there's preachers on the front row and third, fourth row. Preachers understand this. You are not what you used to be. There is a difference in what you were and what you are. There's a contrast. And this contrast must extend beyond I was a sinner and now I'm a Christian. Because when you get saved, contrast don't slow down. Contrast speeds up. Where there is no contrast, there is a lack of the recognition of consecration. Don't miss this here. Where there's no contrast, it is impossible for you to recognize consecration. Take Aaron and his sons. They were the first ones that oil was poured on in all of Scripture. But if they do not get the oil poured on them, then they are just like everybody. The consecration gave them contrast from everybody else. Are y'all in the building? In the beginning, God did not just create chaos. He created contrast. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven. And the earth, contrast. Look at the first day. The earth was without form, void, darkness covered the face of the deep. Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Please stay with me. If you'll stay with me now, you'll enjoy it later. And there was light. And God saw the light. The light was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the what? First day. Contrast. Darkness, light. All in one day, all in one day, darkness, light, night, day, evening, morning, contrast, one day, one day starts out dark and ends up light, one day starts out night, ends up day. One day starts out with evening, not morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes when? In the morning. Here's your example. Woo! Now the Lord told me everyone was not going to enjoy this message. But then he said, preach it anyway. So, you know, people that are used to your bottles of milk will not enjoy this message. You, you, won't, get, you won't like this because you're going to say you don't have to be that deep. No, you need to be that deep. Okay, I'm going to hit on that in a little bit. So I walk in my house yesterday, and we boiling crawfish outside. Man, listen, it's the last crawfish day of the year. We got to have one more. 
my brother's over, Madeline's over, Pastor Josh and his family is over, Jovan and I and River are there. Y'all still with me? I walk in the house. Eric, I looked at River and I said, River, what's my name? Two years old, he's just looking at me. I said, River, what is my name? He said, um, uh, um, uh, um, daddy. I wanted to be sure I was hearing what I was hearing. I said, River, what is my name? Daddy. And then he started playing, like you ought to know your name. And you know what I told him? You're right. And a whole revelation flooded my soul. I walked out to Josh and Randy. I said, I just got my whole message. They said, what do you mean? I said, river recognizes the difference. Now, there'll be a day he might choose to call me Rick. He'll be a man at that time. I can't make him call me daddy when he's 25. But I do have a 42-year-old that still calls me. I looked at Randy and I said, I am your what? He said, brother. I said, and Josh, what am I to you, my pastor, he said. Giovanna said, you my husband. In five minutes, I was a daddy, brother, husband, and pastor. Don't lose what I'm saying. Do you see the contrast? I wasn't Ricky to any of them. They held me as a daddy, a husband, a brother, or a pastor. And I've learned something about people. People want to just keep everybody ordinary. We're just all the same. You just happen to be the preacher. Or we're just all the same. You happen to be the coach. But we're just all the same. No. No, no, no. We are alike. We are not the same. I am not the same to Vicky that I am to River. Until we learn to appreciate contrast, until we learn to stop making everybody just our usual friends, we're going to lose things like influence, impartation, impact. We're going to lose those things because you want to keep everybody normal. We're just all the same. No, we're not all the same. We are all alike. I am River's daddy. That's why Elisha said to Elijah, my father, my father, when Elijah went up with the chariots of fire because he had decided he's not like me. Boy, I just lost y'all right there. We are not the same. He is my father. 
That's why Paul wrote the church at Corinth and said, you got 10,000 usual teachers. But I warn you, you do not have many spiritual fathers. The problem with this generation is you used to calling everybody normal just like you. So there's no special, there's no surprise. There's nothing special. There's nothing unique. There's nothing to be celebrated. There's nothing that is different. Everything is the same. We're buddies. We're fishing buddies. We hang out. A friend does not speak to you like a father speaks to you. It's getting quiet now. Woo! A doctor does not give you the health report that your buddy gives you. People do not want to embrace contracts. We want to keep everybody the same. Everybody equal. Everybody we're buddies. Oh, Lord. I don't want to go here, but I'm going to do it. If that's the case, then why did God set first in the church apostles? That's contrast. That's the difference. I'll leave it there. Because I feel like religious people are getting mad. Y'all better thank God I ain't in my 30s no more. I'm 62. Can I give you a little 33-year-old story? Our church was a bumping and a going. Man, we had more people we knew what to do with. But I love basketball. So we out here playing basketball. All right. We in a city league. And I had an ex-NBA player. I loaded my team. We had ex-NBA players on our team, college players, winners of dunk contests in the college. I am about to pay them, but I wasn't going to lose. And we were in this apostolic reformation season at the church where everything was set in order. And we understood order, proper protocol spiritually. We running down the court one day. We on a fast break, and I got the ball. And I'm running. And the guy on my right over here, Pastor Dan, starts screaming, Rick, Rick, he wide open. Rick, Rick, Rick. He just stopped in the corner. I just kept on the two guys on me. I just went on for a layup. I didn't care. We come back down, call timeout. He come over to me and said, bro, I was wide open. Did you not see me? I know I wasn't on your blind side. <laughs> I said, brother, I saw you and I heard you. But I'm about to give you a pastor lesson right now. I'm not Rick. I said, I had another guy on my team. I said, now that guy right there, that's Rick. That's how hard I used to be. Yeah, I don't care. Just call me when dinner's ready. You can call me anything you want. Just make sure I'm there when the meal's cooked. But I told him, I said, you need to learn something. If I'm Rick to you, I'm just another buddy in your life. He said, so you telling me I need to call you pastor? At that time at 33, I said, BD, listen here. 
Yes. Now I don't care. I really do not care. Y'all can call me Rick, Ricky, Ricky Doyle. Call me anything you want to call me. Because it's not my issue. When I'm telling you to do that and giving somebody that name, then it's a force. But when people naturally gravitate to your contracts, are y'all with me right now? When they naturally and supernaturally gravitate to your contracts, then they recognize you're a different person in my life. I don't need a friend right now. I need a pastor. Verse 9. Let me get out of that point one. Point one killing me. I'm just digging deeper and deeper. The designation. You are a peculiar people. Everyone say no ordinary people. The word peculiar means preserving a possession as one's own property. Y'all come on now. Come on with me. Peculiar people. God preserves a possession as his own property and he calls it you. Exodus, Exodus 6, 7, I will take you to me for a people. I will draw you and reserve you. Good God have mercy. For my people. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9, for the Lord's portion is his people. See, here's where it falls flat. When you start making the people of God like every other people of the earth. Just like you need a man of God or a woman of God in your life, so also you need to recognize we are the people of God. I'm not trying to say we are better than everybody else. I'm trying to say we are unique to everyone else. Let me help you with it. Everyone ain't saved. I don't care what they're telling you. Everyone is not saved. Everyone is not going to heaven. Everyone is not sanctified. Everyone is not filled with the Holy Spirit. There has to be a distinction. And we need to start celebrating the fact that we are a peculiar people. We are God's possession. He said, I will take you to me for a people. My portion is my people. God always has his. He knows who is his. So stop trying to fit us in with everybody on your dead gum Facebook page. We are not just everybody. Talk back to me. We are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. We are the people of God, we are a peculiar people. We ain't trying to be like your target-minded generation that wants a rainbow on everything. We are a people that are anointed by God to make a difference in this earth. You ain't going to make me like you. We ain't never going to be. You cannot be like everybody else. He knows who his, who his is, how. Come on, Holy Ghost. 
because he marked you. He marked you. Tell your neighbor there's a spot on you. I dare you to tell them loud, there is a spot on you. Some of y'all still in point one. You trying to figure out who everybody is in your life. Get over it, baby. Go home and listen to it again. Tell your neighbor there's a spot on us. Woo! Watch out. Because when you get the spot of God on your life, the enemy will try to mark you. The enemy will try to put his spot on you to replace God's spot on you. That's why God said in Deuteronomy 32, 5, you have corrupted yourself. Your spot is not the spot of my children. You change spots. You had my spot, but now you have been marked by this world. Now you've been marked by this cosmos. Now you've been marked by this system. I do not recognize your spot anymore because you have corrupted yourself with things in this world. God says, come out from among them and be ye separate, says God. I will be unto you a God, and you shall be unto me a people. I came to erase beige today. I came to take neutral out today. I came to remove ordinary today to tell you, you ain't like everybody else. You are a holy nation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a peculiar people. You are the treasure of God in the earth. Hey, stain your children. Stop spoiling your children and start staining your children. He said, the spot you have is not my seal. It's not my stain. It's not my spot. Somebody else put a mark on you. Let me see that towel. And let me, let me see that towel. Let me see this towel here, chief. Let me see this towel. Joe D'Amico, you in the building. Lisa, y'all in the building. Talk to me. What's the hardest color to get out of carpet? Go ahead and spray it. It's red. It's red. You can't remove red. When y'all go into an apartment and you see red in the carpet, you already know, man, we're probably going to have to replace this. I used to own a carpet business. See, I know. I, when you see red carpet cleaning business, I knew. I tell my guys, tell the apartment owner, they're going to have to change. Go ahead and spray it all over. Brother. Go on and mark it. Just mark it. Yeah, because you know something? When Jesus gets his blood on you, when Jesus gets that red mark on you, tell somebody it's hard to get the red out. Y'all not hear this preacher preach. Why are you peculiar? Because you mark with a mark that can't be erased. You got a stain on you that they can't get out. I tell you again, stain your children. Get up every day, lay hands on them, and say, I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I mark you. I spot you. I stain you. I seal you. Jesus is the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. The Lord said, when I see the blood, I will... Tell your neighbor, 
stain your children. Spot them with the blood. The red don't come out easy. You are a peculiar people because you got something on you that can't be taken off of you. You got something on you that the devil cannot erase. You got something on you that the world cannot change. I dare you to jump up and shout, thank you for the blood. Tell him thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Paul said, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure because it has a seal. The Lord knows them that are his. Shout as loud as you can. I've been stained. The blood all over me. That spot is the spot of authenticity, it's the mark of ownership, it's the stain of preservation. It is the signet of protection. Woo! He said, I know those who are mine because I see their spot. Stop acting like you, like everybody else. I encourage y'all, some of y'all need to shut whole social media off because we trying to blend in. Don't be so aggressive. Don't be so adamant. Don't be so forceful. Don't be so dogmatic. You're be coming across as to be offensive to a guy that wants to wear a rainbow on his shirt. Y'all ain't hearing me. I love that guy. I can't stand that shirt. Y'all just, y'all just left. I just lost half the church. So, cause some of y'all still trying to figure out if you a man or a woman, a male or a female. There is a distinction. There is a difference. There is a contrast. There is a male and a female. There is a man and a woman. We trying to figure out how we can make people comfortable and everything about the gospel said make people uncomfortable. I'll, I'll move on because I have to stop. I have to stop. I'm going to say it where I started. You are in a generation of people that's doing everything in their power to erase the difference. Everything in their power to erase the distinction. Everything in their power to erase the designation called peculiar people. We almost have gotten to a place in the church where we are apologizing for being so special. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I have authority over demons. I can break generational curses. I can dismiss generational. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I'm here. I'm sorry I'm breathing your air. I'm, I'm sorry. This is the most pansy, mansy, sissy, missy Christian generation I have ever seen. The apostles of the New Testament would walk up in churches today and dismiss the whole group, including preachers saying, I wish there was A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, but there's not. I'm so sorry. Why are you sorry about what God ain't sorry for? If God don't judge this generation, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. There is a difference. There is a contrast. There is a designation. You are a peculiar people. Watch. Next Sunday, we're going to have half as many people as we do this Sunday. Because I'm going to wear this thing out until you realize there is a difference in being saved and unsaved. There's a difference in being sanctified and worldly. There's a difference in being holy and unholy. Are y'all all right? I dare you to throw your head back and shout till the devil can hear you. There is a difference. Say it again. There is a difference. How are you going to be all right? I, I'll stop after this. I'll stop after this. How are you going to be all right with drag queens going in there and sitting down talking to your babies? And telling them, it's okay to, now here's Junior. His name is Max. But they call him Junior. Because his daddy's name is Max. And Max is a cowboy with calluses on his hand. He rides Bronx. He's a tough guy. But here's little Max Junior sitting across from a made-up man who thinks he's a girl. And telling Max, Max is eight years old. Max, do you feel like a girl sometimes? Max, do you feel feminine sometimes? Do you feel like you might be a little girl? It's okay. It's okay. I won't tell Big Max. I won't tell your daddy. It's okay. You can, it's, it's natural. It's normal. It's, you, it's ordinary. It's usual for you to feel like a, hell no. Hell no. It's not usual for you to feel like a girl. You are a B-O-Y boy. Oh, I'm sorry. You have trouble calling people pastor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot that. Forgot that. 
you have a hard time seeing the contrast in opposites. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. You the very one erasing the lines. Because you can't set people apart in your life. Everybody's the same. No, we ain't the same. We are alike. We are not the same. Max is a boy, Max is a boy. There's a difference. There is a designation. You are a peculiar people. You are God's property. You are God's possession. He not only, you're his two times. He not only made you, then he bought you. He created you, then he bought you with his blood. You are God's twice. Now, how are you going to take God's property and try to make it like everything else in the earth? Where is the distinction? See, Pastor Dan, stand up, Pastor Dan, just for a moment, if you don't mind. See, here's where we are, Pastor. I know you're starting your church in Shawnee, and God's going to bless it. God's hands on it. you got favor on your life. You're already a great preacher. But yeah, I know you've been here the last few weeks, and I appreciate it. You could be at any church. But you've been here, and I recognize it, and I appreciate it. I've been waiting to call you out. Because here's the deal. See, guys like you and I, we're going to have to decide. What, who are we? See, that, that's coming all the way back around full circle. What do we represent? Are we different? Or are we just like this, everybody else? Are we going to build churches that feel like nightclubs? Or are we going to build churches that feel like the Holy Ghost could take over any minute? So I just leave you with that challenge. Let's get back to speaking in tongues and the power of the Holy Ghost being released in the altar and people being set free. I ain't trying to be like every other church. I want to be a church where the Holy Ghost shows up and devils come out of people and people start praying in the Spirit and people's lives are changed instantaneously. I'm not trying to set you down and placate you and tell you, oh, it's okay. You're a husband with problems. No, you need somebody to jerk the slack out your britches. That's what my daddy used to say. Man up, son. I'm not here to keep patting you and say, it's okay, Bubba, it's okay, Bubba, it's okay, Bubba. We're nice today. Everybody be nice. Get your pen and paper. Write down what I tell you. Here's 12 steps to everything's going to be all right. What the heck? What the heck? Read the book of Acts. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Do you believe you walk in the authority of the name of Jesus that you can cast devils out of people? Go ahead on. Go ahead on, Lance. I'll stop. I'll stop. Go ahead, Lance. Holy nation, po 
peculiar people, chosen generation. there is a difference there is a designation Woo! I dare you to jump shout run dance we not like everybody else the Holy Ghost, I dare you to throw your hands up and start praying in the Spirit right now. I dare you to start praying in the Holy Ghost right now. I dare you to start praying in the Holy Ghost right now. Let's get back to the book of Acts. Let's get back to real church. Let's get back to being the people of God. A people of God. A people of God. A possession of God. A property of God. A treasure of God. A trophy of God. You belong to God. Hallelujah. 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 Peter, I got, I'm halfway done with the message. I'm going to stop. The apostle Peter stumbles out that upper room. And he looks at the people, and he said, we are not drunk. I know what you're thinking. That's what he said, like you suppose. In other words, it's ordinary for you to think people that stumble like this have been drinking. Now, he never said, I'm not drunk. He said, I'm just not drunk ordinarily. When is the last time you got drunk in the Holy Ghost? You remember them days, Tony, where you had to get off the drums and just lay out? Where'd that go? Where'd that go? Where we stumbled out of church, got out on our knees in the parking lot and was like, oh, oh I, I can't get away from this Holy Ghost. Oh. And people driving by, and guess what? You didn't care. But now, but now, you're careful who you invite to quest because pastor might go off speaking in tongues and preaching against, and, and you know, I'm not going to bring them because they might get offended like we are weird. 
No, we're extraordinary. No, we're peculiar. No, we have the power of the Holy Ghost. You say, Pastor, are you really drawing the line in the sand like that? I'm going to tell you flat out. If we can't have a church filled with the people of God that understand the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy I don't want a church if that's not the church we're going to have. If you're in this building, the Lord told me to do this, and I say, Lord, they're not going to respond. I heard it at about 5 25, 15. He said, if they don't respond, you don't worry about them. If you're in this building and you say, Pastor Rick, I am one that wants to see a church built on the power of the Holy Ghost where we are filled with peculiar people who are not like everybody else. Come to this altar right now. If you want that church, if you want that church, come on, baby. Come up here with me. If you want that church, 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 come on. Now, by walking up here, you're saying, I want to be a part of that church. Right? I want to be a part of that church. The way, I, the way I see it is we might as well go ahead and make the difference now. We might as well go ahead and set the contrast now. We might as well do it now. Make the contrast now. Make the difference now. Make the designation now. I dare you to say it with me. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a chosen generation. Say this one loud. I am a peculiar people. Lift those hands, please, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost blanket this place. Let the Holy Ghost blanket this place. From wall to wall. From side to side. From back to front. We've lost definition, Isaiah. We've lost definition. Churches have lost identity by trying to fit in. Bland, neutral, beige. Somebody shout, we red. Tell your neighbor, you got the spot on you, man. You got the spot on you. You are stained. Tell him again, you are stained by the blood of Jesus. Yes, I am. Come on, Jamie, sing it a little bit. 